some radio hosts uh, go gaga over uh, celebrities when they join the program. For me, that's biographers. And Jonathan Ike is one of the best ones we've got in this country. He's got a forthcoming biography, King Life, about Martin Luther King. Although, Jonathan, we were just talking about the Prohibition Ken Burns documentary, so you really fill both of our conversations here today. Thanks for hopping out with us. Oh, thanks so much. It's nice to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we should have just scheduled a whole day. Yeah, right. You could have talked us through Prohibition. We were just reading facts, basically, that you told <laughs> me in the documentary. Um, but I do want to spend this time, obviously, talking about Martin Luther King here on this day. Um, this book that you have coming out, has, has he always been a subject that you've wanted to cover more extensively? Yeah, you know, it's strange. Uh, you know, I grew up, I was born in the in, in the mid-60s, and I grew up, you know, thinking of King as like ancient history, mm-hmm. even though, uh, you know, I overlapped him by a couple of years. He, he's only been gone, um, you know, a, a short time, and he would have still been, you know, he could have been alive. He's, his, his older sister is still with us. So he, we, we need to stop thinking of him as ancient history. We need to think about him as somebody who's, um, you know, we're still grappling with, and, and we don't really know him. You know, we've come to think of him as this monument and this national holiday. We've forgotten the man, and that's that's really why I wanted to write the book. Yeah, it's fascinating. I cannot wait to read it. Um, and there's a lot of you know about his time in Chicago, which I think even having grown up in the Chicagoland area, we are not taught about King's time here. And I don't know if it's because you know it's so nitty gritty about why he was here and what he was trying to do, but you know we even gloss over it, and it's an important chapter in his life. Yeah, no question. We should be teaching it to our kids in school. CPS has a responsibility. We all have a responsibility because it's not an easy story. You know, it didn't end well for anybody. King came here. He was he was the people threw rocks at him and he was actually struck in the back of the head with a with a rock or a brick. And, um, you know, he, he went to war pretty much with the mayor. Um, and and it ended in a in kind of a stalemate where nobody got what they wanted out of it. And um it, you know, he came away saying that Chicago was more racist than any place he'd ever been. And, um, you know, we're still dealing with the after effects of that. Part of the reason why the city is still so segregated is because um, we didn't listen to what King was saying when he came here in 1966. All right. Paint us the picture. I mean, it was, it was the summer, right, when he was here. At least that's when he spoke in Soldier Field. I know he ended up living in on Hamlin for a little while. Um, what was his movements through the city for those couple of months? You know, he would be here for like three or four days each week, and then okay. he'd have to fly back to church in Atlanta. So he was never um, living uh, as a true Chicagoan, but he was he was boots on the ground in neighborhoods. He was visiting um, these these apartments where uh, people were living in slums in terrible conditions, and he was trying to force landlords to be more responsive to their tenants. He was trying to get the city to, to hire more uh, people of color in, in important jobs. He was just trying to keep the the... the, the, the you know, the, the, the feet to the fire. And, um, and he got a lot of backlash for it. You know, people said, stay out of your, stay, stay in your lane. You know, you, you go back to Birmingham, go back to Selma. You don't know what you're doing in the North. And you know, he was trying to point out that the racism in the North was maybe better disguised, but it wasn't any less than it, than he saw in the South. I've been reading some of the original editorials that the Tribune wrote at that time. I imagined, um, well, you look back at them, it's almost hard to believe that that's a Chicago publication. Of course, it was the Tribune. But even making fun of or pointing out that Coretta Scott King wore a fur-lined collar, right? Like some of the commentary that you still see sometimes these days when you talk about activists and leaders. I mean, it, in some ways, things have changed so much, but in many ways, they haven't. No, it's really sad. And, and it wasn't just Chicago. It was everywhere the King went in the North. Um, every time he started speaking out about poverty, about Northern racism, about the war in Vietnam, 
Um, people told him that he should mind his own business, that he should stick to what he knows. Never mind that he he was a Nobel Peace Prize winner, but people said he wasn't qualified to speak out on Vietnam. So you know, it's it's kind of you know um, sad and um, and hypocritical. But you had people in the North who were willing to fund his work. Oh, looks like we just lost Jonathan there. Already, we'll try and get him back. But yeah, I'm just reading about his stay here. The rent was $90 a month at 1550 South Hamlin, where he stayed, close to about $800 today. But that even in poor neighborhoods where the apartment was that needed massive repairs, lots of landlords were gouging low-income tenants in that neighborhood, in the North Lawndale neighborhood, obviously fighting for CPS and better uh, education, things along the way. And Jonathan, we got you back now. And I guess that's one big question, Jonathan Eig, is was his stay a success in terms of changing policies here in Chicago? I'd have to say no. Um, and, and some people would say King failed, that the Daly, Mayor Daly got the best of him, but I don't see it that way. I think that uh, King presented Chicago with an opportunity to fix some of its uh, inherent problems, to address segregation in the schools, to address, address segregation in housing. And he offered a concrete plan, and the city kind of uh, shook his hand and said, yeah, we'll work on it, and nothing was ever heard about it again. So uh, I think we dropped the ball. What do you make of this day and age? You know, most politicians will post favorably things about King, obviously, on Twitter. Sometimes they'll just take a line from an I have a dream speech, and maybe that's all they post on Twitter about it, or long live Martin Luther King, or something along those lines. But for some politicians, that rings a little hollow. I mean, his legacy is... It's an interesting um, even discussion today that some people have. I, I feel like in many ways we've reverted backwards a little bit. No question about it. You know, um, racism is is um, not just still with us, but it's 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 raging. And people who are um, cutting programs, people who are uh, speaking out against affirmative action, are invoking King to do it. People who are cutting programs for the poor are invoking King's name to do it, saying that he was in favor of small government. Nothing could be further from the truth. King believed that government had a vital role to play and that we needed the cooperation of the federal government to make the kind of lasting and deep changes in our society. And um, it's, it's, it's a shame every year on his birthday to see um, these politicians who are um, working against his dream, um, quoting him as if as if uh, he was on their side. Right. I, before I let you go, Jonathan, I just try and think of the Chicago in the mid '60s and how many big figures you know lived in the city at the same time. You wrote about Muhammad Ali; he was in Chicago during that time. Uh, it's just fascinating how many uh, newsmakers really were in our city at once. That's right, and Chicago was really at the center of the revolution, of the struggle for equal rights. Um, you had Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam operating from here, too. Ali and, and King were living, um, you know, just a couple miles apart. Um, it was a fascinating time, and um, it, was a, it was a time of great hope. Uh, we need to remember that, that um, there was a spirit that, that things could change, and um, sometimes I think today we, we lose sight of that. We, we give up. Yeah. Jonathan, I really appreciate your time here on this Martin Luther King Day. I I wish we had more. We'll have to chat again soon, okay? Love to do that. Thanks so much. Yeah, he's such a great uh, biographer. The Muhammad Ali one is incredible. I can't wait to read uh, King coming out soon. And um, we'll keep you posted on when you can buy that and pre-order that, etc., etc., etc. It's all over the place, of course. King, the life of Martin Luther King, Jonathan Igg.